every vice president understands that when they take the oath that they must be very clear about the responsibility they may have to take over the job of being president. I am no different. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. Uh, that was your Vice President Kamala Harris stunningly suggesting that she is uh, perhaps up for the job of President <laughs> of the United States. Uh, before we get into that, we should note, obviously, that we have someone sitting here in place of Smug who's still out on uh, sabbatical? Sabbatical. We call it a sabbatical? He's finding himself. Yeah. But He's this is a, things through. Yeah. This is a real step up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I think the last time you were here, we referred to it as like the Wally Pip Lou Gehrig situation, which <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's gone another week. You never know. I yeah. think I think it's like a it's like Tom Brady stepping in for Drew Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, well, that's that's, what I think. that's perhaps you know it's career defining. I have a it's long career ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Catherine Ham, welcome. Thank you so much. Has anyone ever seen Smug and Me in the same room before? Ooh. Both Ooh. from North Carolina. Great both question. very into barbecue and Bojangles. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yes. I don't know. I'm just saying. Unless you're like a six foot five Indian, though. I feel like there's something that's... <laughs> oh, there is one difference. Yes, there's <laughs> maybe one difference. <laughs> I can be whatever I want to be. Yeah, that's exactly what she identifies today. Uh, well, listen, thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. Loved having you out in Milwaukee. We were sorry that we couldn't get you on set. Turns out we were trying to juggle just our own performance. You know, it's not a problem. I was a looming presence. You were You know, much presence. much like Trump for the actual debate. I was a looming presence. I was in the background drinking my beers, like trying to get in the live shot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what I did that you guys don't know about is that I... Uh, I just went to the spin room after the pregame yeah. Oh, yeah. and just trashed all of you guys. Nice. Oh, good. Yeah, that's what I did. Good. That's I love I that. It probably didn't take a lot of convincing. <laughs> no, that was a very ambitious <laughs> show. And it, I'm not, that sounds like I'm undercutting you guys. Like, oh, you tried. Yeah. That's not what I mean. It was very ambitious and it was very cool and it worked. It was fun to I do. enjoyed it. Well, it was, it was also extremely hot, as you remember. Ooh. And we were completely, I mean, like we were drenched in sweat trying to like, muscle through and then all of a sudden MK walks out and I, I'm sure every one of you guys had the same reaction I did she walks out and I was just like you know she had the tank oh, top yeah. ruthless. we were just like let's go let's go let's go Your energy you know yeah. what there is the downside though is if I had gotten on stage and you guys were like bring up MK and everybody's like oh no. that's not Megan Kelly <laughs> <laughs> Nobody she would have done that. She is very brunette. <laughs> <laughs> but you I, you have a nice selection of tank tops, and today you're wearing a professional number. I, I am. Uh, well, actually, I was wearing a professional tank top <laughs> until I came in here and realized that the background is black and I was going to look like Max Headroom. Yeah. And so, that's an old reference. I'm an old person. <laughs> Instead, I'm glad you brought it up, Josh. Okay. I'm wearing my Travis Manion Foundation 
Shirt. Oh. Well, you need to tell the audience about this because it's a really important project. Well, I'm working on a little something. And by that, I mean a lot of people are working really hard on something and I'm mentioning it on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, the 9-11 Heroes Runs, yeah. which are a time to remember uh, what happened on 9-11 and the 9-11 generation who served after that and to get out in your communities and meet first responders and military and make those connections and get uh, associated with just some really cool people with, who, yes, will make you run and lift weights sometimes. But they're really awesome. <laughs> um Go to 911heroesrun.com to sign up for those. They're all over the country. I think we have like 60 or 60 plus. Um, and uh, and join us for that, if you will. It's a That's 5K. Such a great We're not cause. asking that much. Yeah. Well, it and you get a cool tank top. I mean, look at that. Actually, I cut the sleeves off of mine because I'm trash, but this is it. <laughs> <laughs> you get a t shirt. I love it. I mean, you're such a good person. Aww. Isn't it just annoying everybody around you that you're like, oh, and I've got I another charitable work that well, I'm, again, I'm, I'm on. I, I am on the board of directors of the Travis <laughs> Manning Foundation. But again, mostly I mention things on podcasts. So I don't know that I'm carrying that much mm. weight. But I will be out there running in Oakton, Virginia, if you want to join us. I do, they're I, all over the country. I think that the entire Ruthless podcast should join you. And oh, what I would like to see is comfortably smug run 5K <laughs> without stopping. In a in, in, in full L.L. Bean <laughs> cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Cigarette. Oh, that would be. You know what? I would do it just for that, but it's never going to happen. I We will support the cause, obviously, it's, which is a very, very good one. Uh, you're Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention uh, getting hammered. Yes. that I mean... You guys get hammered every show, but I also <laughs> do a of, show called Getting Hammered, so you can find it wherever you find your it's podcast, a great and I think show. you'll enjoy. It's a great show. Everybody's going to enjoy it. You should download it immediately. I uh, want to welcome our uh, sponsor for today's program, Masterworks. You'll hear a little bit more from them. We've got major cities in a doom loop, and even Wall Street is trimming the fat to save their bacon. But not every investment is floundering right now. One of our longtime partners is actually thriving. That's right, because Masterworks now has 13 sales to date. That's five more sales just since we talked about them in December. And like before, every single sale to date has handed back a positive net return to investors. That includes recent net returns of 10, 13, and even 35%. As of 619, Masterworks has over 740,000 users and over $750 million invested. Masterworks has so much demand that paintings can sell out in minutes. As a result, they have a wait list. But because we're longtime partners, you're getting special access. So go to masterworks.com and use promo code RUTHLESS. That's promo code RUTHLESS at masterworks.com to join today. See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.com slash CD. This is not investment advice. Do we need to get into like the finer tune pieces of the Kamala Harris bit? I because think, like surely she knows yeah. the obvious that everybody is sort of circling around. Like I think two thirds of America doesn't believe that Joe Biden's going to be on the ticket. Right. right? In 2024, and you've no, and you've noticed the PR from her team in that story we did 
I think last week mm. on the Gavin Newsom stuff, where it was, um, you know, the you know Gavin's starting to irritate some of the people in the West Wing. Yeah, they're like specifically the Kamala Harris crowd, clearly pitched by her office, mm-hmm. and so she's feeling, I think, a little insecure, a little self conscious of her position in the administration, and so you're seeing that here, but. But I can't help but like watch that and think of that meme of the guy in the suit coming from behind the tree and rubbing his hands, <laughs> you know, like waiting for his moment. The yellow suit. Yeah, the yellow suit. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. This is such a classic Kamala pitch, mm-hmm. which is the qual in that quote, the qualifications to be vice president or to be <laughs> vice president or president are that you can read the oath yeah yes that's it yeah that's all she puts yes. out there like yeah. i think if you read and understand it then obviously we're there well, <laughs> well she broke news on her literacy yes. as far as yeah. i'm concerned i took it as a terrifying <laughs> reminder that she actually is second in line <laughs> and it's the last thing that joe biden needs out there i mean he's already struggling to put two sentences together he's running against you know who who knows who the republican uh, opponent is going to be but the absolute worst thing that Democrats have going for them is not a president who can't give a speech. It's his number two who can't even come close yeah. to doing the job. Well, and nobody has confidence. I mean, her her approval rating is like thirty two percent. It's like having a bad starting pitcher and then knowing what's in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, tough deal. It's a tough deal. Real tough deal. But you know, this is not an uncommon thing. I mean, look, when Ronald Reagan was president, there was a lot of questions about you know. Who would run the country if this older, he was the Mm -hmm. oldest at the time, newly sworn in for a second term. But then you had George H.W. Bush, who was like, "Eh, the guy's got the resume, I'm not that concerned. Feels like he could do the job. And this comes up from time to time. Clearly it's gonna come up in the context of Joe Biden and you look down the row and the dugout doesn't look great. Mm But she's, Dan, she's Dan, truly untalented. I mean, truly unskilled. And Dan Quayle misspelled potato. You know, like she messes up every single day. (laughs) And look how the media treats her versus how they treated him. It was a national story for months. It's the only thing people remember about Dan Quayle. But for her, she messes up every single day. And like it just, she doesn't get the stories. Yeah. I do love the faux sort of like concern that she's got there. She's like, well, as you know, every vice president. Oh, thanks for the news, sweetheart. Like we got it. Yeah. We got it. I mean, I, I, everything that she does has got this veneer of melodrama to it that I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like if you were to take politics by an acting coach or something. Like well, that. like Obama had a way of just describing the question he was being asked and the facts of the situation right. as he saw them. Like in a that's very, an answer. Yeah. In a very professorial and actually smart sounding way. It was mm-hmm. sort of graceful. Hers is like not professorial. It's like a substitute elementary school teacher (laughs) sorry guys i'm now i took a shot at y'all you guys do great work um i just mean like it's like she's communicating yeah with children it's not like she's communicating with adults which is one of our funniest kamala moments is when she actually was communicating with children about uh space she can't even do that they and they were paid actors and they were paid and it turns out they were paid actors and everybody was like even those paid actors couldn't keep it together they were like i can't even get them excited they're getting a paycheck Uh, All right. So we got a couple of things in the works here. The first thing, uh, piece of housekeeping is, should we do a debate party? Yes. Why is this even a question? I mean, I guess we should, right? Because we're not going to California. We we did the Milwaukee thing. 
We're not going to go to California for the second debate. We've been in discussions about what may happen thereafter, and we may have news on that at some point. Uh, but for the second debate, we look like we have free date on the calendar. Yeah, I mean, it's coming up in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've done a DC show. And so, you know, stay tuned. I think there might be something in the works. Many people are saying. Many people are saying. All right. Well, if you're into that, let us know because uh, that may sway the balance of mm. what it is that we end up doing. If it's a budget issue, I will buy another tank top. <laughs> <laughs> At least cut off the sleeves of a shirt if necessary. <laughs> Mary Catherine's $24 to go in in the pot. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and $50 to party with Mary Catherine in her tank top. So there it is. Um, Okay, so the other thing that we want to tie up loose ends on is our ongoing Slack controversy. Right. I have met your demands. Yeah. And I have changed my profile. Thanks to the very good work of Kevin Pinball on Twitter. For those of you who follow, you know who this guy is. Very funny, does great stuff on the internet, uh, but he, he provided me a... Uh, an image there that I've been using now as my Slack. There it is. Yeah, there's your avatar. Yeah. That's a real handsome it, bit of work. Is there. that one of the Rhesus macaques? That's a macaque. Yeah, monkey. Uh, in my hand. In SFW. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Well, look, I appreciate the olive branch, um, but I oh, also... I oh. also What? what? No. You're going to add to this? No, I... I you'd be satisfied. I appreciate the olive branch. I just... I'm glad to be able to also declare victory. Oh, that's what's happening here? Yeah. Oh, I see how it is. I it's, do an nice. it's an acknowledgement. I do something nice. That I was correct. I do something nice and you got to rub it in my face. Yeah. This is how this company works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can't give an inch. I mean, Trump is right no. about this. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. Ashbrook, you have nothing to add on this? No, I'm just, I'm happy IT is satisfied. <laughs> And once IT is satisfied, we're able to move on with our day. All right. I'm Look, gonna, I get it. Uh, just Slack. log in and disable both of your profiles right now. <laughs> I feel like Slack signed me out in like 2016 and I've never been able to get back in. So I have a grudge. I get it. You yeah. know what? Michael can help you with that. <laughs> if you call the helpline, it goes a direct dial. Yes. It's, he's, he's got you. So it turns out I can mute him in the channel. <laughs> I can change all your profile things if I want. You know, I can change your profile pick. Okay. I think I'm going to set it to the Indianapolis Colts. I, okay. Oh, very much admin vibes. I actually root for the Indianapolis Colts despite this guy's like... <laughs> no, you don't. I do. I want this him to win. They're from the Midwest. bullshit. I don't believe you for a second. And are you a football fan? Oh, am I a football? I mean, fan you're a big football Put fan. This on right? over my. Oh yeah, yeah you, no you, you, you're bulldog. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I believe you mean the back-to-back -back national champion. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly right. Now, I am. I sort of fell off on the NFL partly because I'm a Lions fan. Uh, yeah, but you're, they're back in action. I know, but it's hard to watch in this area, <laughs> and it's hard to watch in general usually. Right. <laughs> but I do enjoy the NFL because I get to watch the dogs play everywhere, including all of y'all's teams, I believe. Uh, yeah. dog, I mean, it ain't like Philly where the whole defensive line, but. Yeah. They're, they're giving 40 against Ball State this year. I mean, do we like that cover, fellas? I don't know. I do. I think the dogs are going to win it again. I just got to be honest. I think, I, I mean, after what we saw at the end of the national championship game last year, all of their backups looked better than the starters on TCU. And I just, I mean, how are they going to lose? 
Yeah. They also have one of the easiest schedules. About them. They have one of the easiest schedules. Yeah, the SEC is known for easy schedules. No, I mean, it's... No, I would say I looked at the schedule in total the other day and was like, oh, that doesn't feel like normal, right? Because, you know, sometimes we'll open open against Oregon, open against Clemson. Yeah, not this this time around. This time I'm feeling a little more relaxed for a while. They can build build their way through. (laughs) Now, when you go down to Georgia, you're like a field pass gal, I bet. Oh, no, I'm not that I mean, I bet they red carpet that thing for you. (laughs) No, but I did make it on the Jumbotron once. Did you? Yes. Okay. As a quote-unquote UGA legend. Oh, along, really? Oh, wow. Alongside such people as Ryan Seacrest. Oh, wow. And Herschel Walker. I mean, he's oh. one of the hardest working men in show business. Seriously. It's true. Good Someday I'll you. get there. Wow. Ah. Yeah. But I did. I never saw it because I didn't make it to any of those games that year. So hmm. you didn't get you didn't. Know. I never saw it in person. Someone snapped a picture on their like 2009 phone for As me. a legend. Yeah. Gosh, wow. That's something. Yeah. Boy, we can all strive for that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of striving for uh, some sort of approval, that's what we do here on the Variety Program with our five-star segment, and we always start out with a voice. Okay, this first one comes from Kempman0404, speaking of Georgia, and the title is Own the Libs. I'm a public school teacher and have been listening and now watching for a couple of years. Love the show. Great blend of humor and insights. I always look forward to the games. Merch side note. I gifted my husband the tasteful flag ruthless cap. Oh, He was recently wearing it in the Denver airport and received several thumbs up. (laughs) And someone told him, quote, own the libs. Yes. Nice. Keep up the good work. It's spreading. It's spreading, folks. I love it. Uh, All right, Duncan, what do we got? Uh, This one's from Kiki235267. A great program. I found the show, like so many others, through MK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that tough? (laughs) (laughs) Not this one. (laughs) Well, maybe. I don't know. They didn't specify. Uh, I'm honored to share these initials with her. (laughs) It has quickly become one of my favorites. Uh, I love the fellas have a more lighthearted take on politics. Some shows just take themselves so seriously it gets depressing. Oh, we know. Uh, and being a Republican in California is depressing enough. I thought of the fellas as I drove to work the other day when I saw a riven truck with a license plate holder that said, Carol Shelby Motors. Nothing like the full throttle roar of a riven. Typical California. Thanks for the great shows. Keep uh, it up. That's I a love great it. line. I love yeah. oh, <laughs> Just feel the horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Four-wheel right. drive golf cart. Yeah. This next one, uh, Mexicans. Uh Latest is the greatest. Just listen to you in your latest episode, and you guys just keep getting better. Your interview with Kurt Schlichter was my favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. I'm going to check out his works, thanks to you guys. And thanks to Megan Kelly. Uh, they actually were specific that time. You know, they didn't want anybody getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> For introducing me to Ruthless, I never missed a podcast or a live show now. You guys are the best. Keep up the great work. Can't wait till Tuesday for your next show. That's Ooh. fantastic. I love it. You guys are the best. Keep those things coming in. Yeah, you can do them on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else. We love reading them, you know. Uh, Mary Catherine comes on the show and she talks about great charities and things you should be involved in. We like talking about ourselves. That's right. And that's, uh, a, well, it is the greatest charitable act that we have is the discussion of our own. Uh, the greatest uh, love of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
so good. <laughs> uh, it's totally true. Um, all right. So the way that we get into this typically on a Thursday is to discuss the presidential primary and who won the week. And we all have different takes on this typically. And, and we usually start at the end of the row there. Smash, do you have a thought here? You know, this was a tough week coming off of last week. Yeah, it's kind of a lower-key yeah, week. Yeah, it really was in Republican presidential politics. A lot of stories about Trump, a lot of stories about Ronnie D. Uh, but this week, I think I'm going to take Nikki Haley once again because Nikki has continued to build on her ex- you know, exquisite performance at the Republican debate, and she is hitting multiple states. She's hitting multiple events and she's building on this in a way that you should as a candidate and i think you know you got to tip the cap to her consultant betsy ankney who we all know is very very capable and so this week i take uh, nikki haley yeah they're our entire team really i mean they do have a, a seriously seasoned group of they people. really do uh duncan mm. i mean he took mine Oh really? We were go? Well, yeah. I mean, you can you can you can give your own justification. Um, well, I think the justification is really simple. Um, I think if you look at any of the polling since Ron DeSantis has gotten to this race, I think the you know there was sort of a miscalculation from his team on where he had room to to grow in the Republican primary electorate, and you know he's. I mean, there's been a little bit of attrition, but mostly held serve with um, the most conservative or MAGA adjacent part of the Republican primary debate. Mm -hmm. But he has bled out um, the center. center Yeah. Independent leading Republicans or moderate Republicans. And that's all the crew. If you've listened to their podcast, you've talked about them, but we've talked about this incessantly. Yeah. That he basically had a cod lock on anybody who was ready for some kind of a change. That's everybody from people who absolutely love Donald Trump but think somebody can take America first to the next level to the center-right primary voter who just doesn't like Donald Trump and wants something different. Yeah. He had all that in January or February. And that's where he's lost. And, and, and it's, been to, and it's yeah. been to Nikki's benefit. I yeah. mean, if you any of the recent polls, you see that the growth for her has come in that subset of the electorate. And for that reason, she's my winner of the week, too. Well-reasoned. MK? All right. I'm going to really punditize this one. Oh, good. Nice. Say a bunch good. of things I actually want to say before I get to my answer. Yeah. Uh, no, I I will say this. I'm going to get a little bitchy. Yes. Yes. I think the winner of the week should be like a governor who competently runs the response to a Category 3 mm-hmm. hurricane and mm-hmm. make sure that pets can evacuate and make sure that power is back on and that bridges are built and gives me a small glimmer of hope that government can actually do the basic functions of government. (laughs) It's nice to think about. Or the winner could be someone who capitalizes on a competent and uh, a little bit sparkling debate performance Mm. by serving the voters and going out and talking to them. Uh, But alas, the winner of the week is uh, Trump Mm -hmm. because of that tide poll from the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. And he is at such an advantage numerically at this point that if you get any of those data points yeah. for Trump voters, why are they leaving? Yeah. Why are they leaving? And with an asterisk for Nikki Haley, who I think has pumped up her criticisms of Trump uh, in the past couple of weeks, no one's really prosecuting the case. Right. That I'm better than this guy. This yeah. guy's bad news for a lot of reasons. And for that reason, people look at that tie and they go, well, why would I 
step off this train. Yeah, that's what we've said all along. It's like you're never going to get a Trump voter to vote not Trump unless you can make a case that you can do what it is that they care about better than Trump. And thus far, that has been a lacking part of the argument. Right. I mean, you had Ramaswamy up on the debate stage saying, I think he's the greatest president we've had in my lifetime. And it's yeah. like, well, also vote you, for me. Yeah, right. what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I can't believe nobody said that, by the way. Yeah. That, that went unchallenged. Yeah. Well, they were challenging so much of what he said. You yeah. Know, at least he got that one. You got that one in edgewise. Yeah. But well done. I mean, look, I think that's right. I think there's an awful lot, if you're in Trump camp, that you're like, look, I've got a, a, a live uh, jury meeting on TV in Georgia, and you're all consolidating around me in the process. Uh, that feels like a win. Well, in, the, in the last time you came on this show, I think exactly what I said was, you cannot beat Donald Trump unless you're willing to say, I'm a winner and he's a loser. Yeah. Because if you don't acknowledge that, the other stuff doesn't matter. Because you're already saying things are unfair to Donald Trump and the you know it's the weaponization of the DOJ and all that sort of stuff. And there's plenty of, of good arguments for that line of logic. But if you aren't able to talk about the albatross, this millstone around Donald Trump's neck in the CNN polling that came out recently shows proves that out. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more in more detail at some point here in the show. But if like you can't talk about those things and say, oh, and by the way, I won Florida by 20 points and he lost, then why are they ever going to abandon Donald Trump? Right. You got to make that case because well, they've I, also seen him win. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think you can make the point that this is unfair to Donald Trump and he's been railroaded in a thousand ways, right? <clears throat> and also, he can't fix it because he didn't fix it. Yeah. I'd like to hear somebody talk about that. Well, that's yeah. the thing that confounds me the most about the Trump argument is that somehow he's convinced voters that he is the sole person who is able to fix the deep state and the two systems of justice and all of those things, except there's not a walking human being alive in this country or any other who has been more crushed by the deep state, by two systems of justice than Donald Trump has. Now you could say it's because he's the greatest threat and you, that may very well be true, except for the fact it didn't happen, right? You have four years now, five, six years, where he is always in a problem as it relates to this crew. Now we've had, believe it or not, we have had Republican presidents before. They have existed. And not all of them have found themselves in this situation. Now you mm -hmm. can disagree with you know, whether they did what you wanted to do overall. But, I mean, just the fact that he is a Republican, yes, it does mean that there is a permanent political class that is entirely against you, and you have to know that and fight through it. But, like, having a game plan and actually doing it is part of being a Republican president. And I think he's got a uniquely weak argument when it comes to that. Would you like to get more depressed? Sure. Okay. Uh... Well, I think in our political culture in the year of our Lord, 2023, <laughs> uh, the electorate's entirely animated by negative partisanship on both sides. And so the logic of that argument doesn't matter because he's being attacked the most means he's the best suited to fight it. Yeah, I mean, that, if you, it's if as you... simple as that. Let me put a finer point on it because <clears throat> you know, there's, there's talk in the House of um, uh, maybe impeaching Joe Biden. Or at least starting down the path pathway to that proceedings, uh, proceedings like an yep. inquiry, yep. and if that gives them the power to go and get this stuff they haven't been able to get, I'm all for it, 100. percent But I have to tell you, like brass tax politics, 
Joe, I bet you Joe Biden's numbers go up initially. A hundred percent. For sure. Look, we've done this. How many times do we need to do this? Right. It happened for Trump. It happened for Bill it, Clinton. It, it, for it, crying it, out loud. It happens the same. It, what, what I'm saying is, it's the same negative partisanship on the other side. And if you look at all these polls where, you know, Donald Trump's up two points on Joe Biden, if you go into the crosstabs any of those polls, where is Joe Biden underperforming young voters and minority voters? And I got to tell you, I don't see anything in Donald Trump's pitch that is going to capture those voters imagination that he he didn't do well with in 2020 um but those people are going to get re-engaged off the sidelines and be like you know I'll, I'll support joe biden now because of that negative partisanship that we see in our politics yeah and i think uh i think we all know that one of the ways if, if you want to know what democrats are thinking just read a major newspaper because everything that democrats are thinking and want to be written is is written out in black and white in all of the major newspapers and Democrats see Donald Trump as their only hope to get a geriatric candidate across the finish line. Once again, who doesn't campaign, probably doesn't debate, doesn't deliver an actual speech. They think that Trump is the only opponent they can beat. And so I, I think that's pretty instructive. That's the thing that I don't understand about the conversation that we've been having. Because if you look at some of those poll numbers, Republicans believe that Donald Trump is the best most formidable Republican candidate. Now, you know, you look back to 2016 and you can say, yep, you know, he certainly was in that moment in time. Uh, he beat the entire Republican establishment, but he lost in 2018, 20, and 22. And you get into 2024 and the numbers, they look exactly the same as they have for the last six years. Very, very lean with independence. Um, no real crossover in your suburban electorate that has typically been very strong for Republicans. And and your base support uh, is is pretty much defined. But in all of these general election polls, Donald Trump is outperforming Ron DeSantis by three points, two points, four points. Mm -hmm. And so I think as long as that is the the brass tacks of it, like that that is reality. But I think that's a way incumbent upon us, like on this show, is to explain why. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's incumbent upon those running against him to force right. the argument. Mm -hmm. Right. That. There needs to be a different path. If yeah. they're not willing to muscle that argument through and make people believe it, then what are we all doing here? Yes, yeah, so it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny that you mentioned this because we we've always, uh, you know, our previous life of political consultants, we view things differently than an awful lot of political consultants. Our view of success was always how far do you move an argument, not whether you can find an argument that pulls fifty five or above and attach yourself to it. So. Like that's the one thing that I think is missing from an awful lot of these campaigns is your metric for success is pick a theory of the case that you think gets you to victory lane and make that argument exclusively till you're blue in the face until you start moving numbers on it. It's not to just go find it's like, oh, yeah, no, well, you know, 65 percent of Americans think you ought to build the wall. Now we want to build the wall. Of course, like so does eight, 10 other candidates in the race. Like that's not the issue. It's not like affixing yourself to every popular issue. It's can you drive an argument to a point where people are saying, well, maybe maybe he's got something. Maybe he's right that there is an electability issue here, because I can tell you if anybody who's done this for a living, you look at those numbers electability is all you should be talking about there isn't a dime's worth of difference in policy from a vast majority of these folks it's whether you can get to victory it's lane. your it's your only competitive advantage i feel like i could say this to i'm blue in the face but you're running against a guy who had the job 
Like you're running against a guy who was president. And I feel like in this conversation, people, for whatever reason, just sort of forget that part of it. And yeah. they're like, no, I would do it better. And it's like, people don't care because he had the job. Right. Like he won. And so you got to make the argument. And also on, they like the well, job. He, right. Right. Yeah. He cut taxes. Right. There were all these judges like people right. are very happy with they're very satisfied. Right. Right. So you can't just be like, well, you know, I might do it a little better. Like that's not going to work. But to, to your point, like the key question is, can he get there again? Right. And the polls that you cited suggest that he can. Yeah. The Democrats, if you listen to what they say, suggest that they of, believe he uh, cannot. Uh, of of course, I, I I only say that to to say like taking off the consultant hat and putting on the voter hat. They're looking at polls and they're seeing like Donald Trump beating Joe Biden. Yeah. Like I, so I understand that part of it. Biden could really use two things right now: consolidation mm -hmm. and excitement for him, which impeachment would bring yeah. at least in some degree, and a weakened and unpopular opponent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying we should think real hard about whether we want to give him those things. Yeah, that's the thing that I just don't honor. I mean, look, Nancy Pelosi made this mistake, too. And the first impeachment uh, of Donald Trump was a tragic political mistake. And if not for COVID, put him in a place where he was unbeatable. I mean, if I don't know if you guys remember the, the February 2020 yeah, time huge. frame. Just as he beats that impeachment inquiry, his numbers jump by 10 points. He has full consolidation of a Republican base. He looks untouchable in that circumstance, kind of like Bill Clinton looked after the impeachment uh, stuff with with in the 90s. And it seems to me like if your goal is to actually remove him from office, that's one thing. You also have to look across the aisle and understand that there are Senate Democrats who would vote for their own like children to be shipped off in a barge to a <laughs> deserted island before they would vote to impeach a Democratic president. Yeah. So that that like the the obvious nature of that is should be clear to everyone. The guy's not going to get impeached. That's just that is very clear. If it's to provide information that there is no other way of getting out there because you have a complicit corporate media and everything else, I think that's another question. I mean, not to mention that you know there was a fake special counsel who's now a special counsel who was saying that he might not have the power, but maybe he had the power, and Merrick Garland saying he always had the power, like. I get it. Like, I, I, I get House Republicans being like, no, you know what? I think we're going to go ahead and take the keys from you. Yeah. Um, but aren't but they the doing a whale of a job already? I, yeah. I, I do think they're doing a whale of a job. And here's the, here's here's where I, I might disagree. And I don't know. I'd be interested in your opinion on this. But, like, I, I totally am with you on this phenomenon politics that if you face down a charge and you beat the charge, you're that much stronger because of it. We've seen so many examples of that through history. However... If Jamie Comer's committee uncovers the new bank records between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, these right. are records that we have not seen yet. If they uncover evidence of moving of money between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, I really don't know how you I mean, what's impeachment for? I think that's a different deal. I think that's a different deal. You put you're right. It's it sort of it sort of puts them in a but they have to do it at that point. And I mean, I think it's an open question about whether they're actually going to get that. I mean, there's a lot of debate about whether this new special counsel is actually an effort to block their ability to see into those accounts and provide transparency for what was actually going on between Ukraine and Hunter and Joe and where's the money flowing. But like, but I mean, if that if if all of that comes to light, which I think it probably exists, if all that comes to light, I, I don't know how you you don't impeach. You have thought on that? No, I, I agree. And I, I do think I've been uh, applauding uh, 
Johnson and, and Grassley all the way mm. for, for yeah. breaking this stuff when the media decides not to. Uh, so I very much appreciate that. And I just say run with that ball as long as you can before you get mm. to this other part. I yeah. think that's right. I think that's okay. Right. You got to give us your winner of the week, though. You never. Yeah. Well, my so uh, am I correct uh, in my understanding that Francis Suarez has dropped out? Uh, yes. He's my winner of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love this curveball. He gets to hang out in Miami now. Clever. I think at some point it becomes it becomes incumbent upon people not to pull the Kasich routine where you are constantly feeding a consultant's bank account because you can just keep going, that you've got enough in the way of revenue into the campaign that you're basically able to sustain a campaign, despite the fact that it has absolutely zero chance of coming within even the top five, right? Yeah. And so this is a decision that I think a lot of people are gonna need to take a hard look at before we get to Iowa. Because the simple fact is, if you're gobbling up three to five percent anywhere, that's three to five percent that is made for a competitive race somewhere else with some other campaign that can provide momentum somewhere else. You know you're not going to get there. And this isn't a vanity deal. This is the future of your country that we're talking about. And it's not some consultant's bank account that needs to talk about, you know, well, I think we can raise another million this month and keep our bills paid. Now, of course, there's a monetary incentive for people to keep telling like there was in the Kasich circumstance mm. that's not what this is like this is a very serious election for republicans who, you can't who, 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 was, who was Kasich's consultant there was uh, it john weaver is the weaver man chant oh the lincoln project guy the oh weaver boy man chant i'm shocked that didn't work out yeah yeah can you, you know? believe, maybe he didn't have our best interests yeah, it's possible many people are saying many people are saying the tensions were focused elsewhere <laughs> <laughs> his dms it turns out Perhaps a, a new sort of enrichment program mm. for young conservatives. Interns. Uh, a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement for those who might decide to drop out before Iowa is that uh, Kamala Harris did, and she's the vice president, so you got to believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta believe. Oh, great. I love that. Oh, it's so true. All right, so that's, that's that. But to, I think, underscore the point that we've all just made, uh, Axios printed this uh, this week with these are your choices. President Biden and former President Trump have identical ratings in the new Wall Street Journal poll. 39% of registered voters view them favorably, while 58% view them unfavorably. Many analysts, uh, according to Axios, believed so many voters had turned against Trump that it would be difficult for him to win a general election, but the Wall Street Journal poll finds 49% view Biden very unfavorably, just behind Trump's 52. Okay. Um, look, the numbers are the numbers. Very unfavorably at half the country and more than half for Trump. Like, is this really where we're going? We have 330 million Americans and we have people who like people literally loathe setting up the next presidential election like that's a depressing deal we need an animation 2024 yeah. <laughs> the race to the bottom <laughs> but i mean look that's what 2016 was and that worked out for trump yep. you know like when you were in a but, it, but was it i mean look people didn't, no dude people yeah didn't like hillary clinton no, but, couldn't go to wisconsin 
She literally couldn't go because if she showed up in the state or ran an ad, her numbers went down. That's how loathed she was. But Trump Trump was an unknown. People like cast a lot of their hopes and dreams on somebody who they thought was an outsider. I yeah, no, look, I understand. I'm what I'm getting what I'm getting to on on the 16 thing is like with a presidential campaign, it it is definitely the one race where we you could see a situation where turnout is depressed. And there's more third party candidates that independent voters actually go and vote for rather than, you know, punching a ticket for another major party candidate. And you figure out a way that Donald Trump can, you know, draw an inside royal flush again. I mean, like, but that's the play. I, I don't get, say I like the play. I want to get I want to win on the flop. No, no, not like that's that, what we're that, dealing with. I think that'd probably be winning on the path. river. That'd be winning on the river. But, uh, but but that's fake. literally I mean fact check look okay. yeah, fact check. yeah exactly right. fact check thank take, you yeah, thank sorry. you take an umbrage no, you know, at your description pretty good poker, poker player terms. yeah yeah well, as it turns out uh, but but I mean that's where we're at that's where we're at I guess that's where they're at too that's where they're at too this is this game of Mexican standoff where twenty three percent of the electorate wants these two guys to be the major party candidates and that's what we're going to do because apparently democracy is that now <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you I'm just telling you reality pal. <laughs> I don't understand, like, how you as an American can look at with disfavor mm-hmm. either of these two candidates. And the Venn diagram of people who hate both is massive. Huge. Massive, right? Yes. How is it that the, you then cannot participate in the primary process? I, I, don't, I just, dude, I just think people are disillusioned with politics. It's for the same reason why there's a majority of Republican primary voters right now who are like, I'm going to stick with that guy with all the indictments, right? Like, I mean, what does it say about us? Like, let's let's have a little bit of introspection ourselves Boo. as people who <laughs> <laughs> who work in who work in politics. No, like, it's true. like, I, like, look, I I I I want to look at a lot of these voters and be like, you know, what are you doing? But what does it say about the rest of our politics that they see the rest of our politics and they're like, this is worse than that. I mean, it just seems to me like they've we've got to figure something out. Like this I don't is, know what we're gonna figure well, out. I will t- I will tell you this for what it's worth. Two of my longtime buddies independently texted me this week. These are two guys who would probably tell a pollster that they support Trump. I mean, and they've been with Trump since the beginning. Independently texted me in the last two weeks, and they were like, "Man, I like Trump, but I'm just not sure he can win a general." I also really like Ron DeSantis. Both of them separately. They don't even know each other. So I think there's I think there's if if I'm getting that from my friends, I'm sure other people are getting that from their friends. I think there's more of that out there. And if you talk to the Trump team, they will tell you that the polling looks great. We're very strong right now, but it doesn't last forever. They're going to run advertising against us. That's the smartest Iowa. thing they're doing is run is running scared the whole way. Well, I, I agree. And I also think an inevitability run is fragile. It mm. is a Jenga tower, and if you pull out, if one yeah. crack starts showing, then that starts I some mean, sort of mixed metaphor that I can't think of right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not. It can collapse. It's quickly. like it's like Rocky Four right. when he lands a punch on Ivan Drago, and he's like he bleeds. He's not a he's, he's not, not a machine. He's <laughs> a man. There's a there's that a, was on the tip. There's of my a tongue. reason why. <laughs> there's a reason why the Donald the Donald Trump campaign that's up thirty points. Um and believes this primary is over is calling on people to drop out and give all their money to Donald Trump. Yeah. It's not because 
they think the primary is over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you wouldn't make that. Like, if it's just over, then start running Joe Biden ads. Why aren't you doing that? Oh, well, because you can't, because 75% of every dollar that comes into your bank account has to be spent on a lawyer. Yeah. Which, you know, which means, which, which means he isn't as invincible as he would, he would like you to believe. Can I tell you the one thing that Trump has going for him here? And this is in the Wall Street Journal poll. 51% of voters believe that Trump has a quote unquote strong record of accomplishment as president compared to 40% who say the same as Biden. Mm. Yeah. And he's living off of that because over 50 on that is impressive. A Mm -hmm. very impressive number. Like, I don't. I don't know that, I mean, I, I don't know, have any way of comparing it, but like Barack Obama, is he over 50? Like, maybe not. I know George W. Bush isn't, and Bill Clinton probably isn't at this point. Like, that's a big number. It is. It's a big number. I mean, the, the, the problem, the flip side there, and just looking into my crystal ball of what the next nine months look like, is if you read that recent CNN poll that also came out on, you know, how dominant Donald Trump is in this primary... Um, and a large majority of Republican primary voters indicate um, that if he's convicted of one of these indictments, that it wouldn't, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't um, impact whether he, you know, had the fitness for the job yeah. or whatever the framing of the question was. And I, I sent a tweet about this um, the other night, um, but then you like you look into the cross tabs on how that does with independent voters. You know, a lot of independent voters who like his record as president. He's, these are Republican-leaning yeah. independent voters. And you look at if he's convicted on the Georgia case or convicted on um, the... Documents case. The, the, no, the Jan 6 case. Oh, Jan 6 case. Okay. Uh, independent voters, like over 50%, would say that he was disqualified yeah. by being convicted on one of those cases. 43% uh, think he'd be disqualified if he's convicted on the docs case. So... I mean, look, I don't know if he's going to be convicted on any of these. I think the docs one is probably the greatest legal peril that Donald Trump is in. But if you lose 43%, including 28% of the GOP leaning independents, like that's the ball game. That's over. Like it doesn't matter how much they agree with what he did as president. If they think he's disqualified in their own words, should he be disqualified? Yes, that's it. Like that's that's the ball game. Mm, it is. I, I will say this. Knowing and and sort of traversing the world of consultancy, which you take take for what you will, is not a, a most popular profession in the world. Uh, if like Nikki Haley or you know even Ron DeSantis were the Republican nominee, Democrats would shit a solid gold brick. Mm-hmm. Then they might impeach Biden. They, I mean, they, that's the they'd way let, out. Let it happen. <laughs> that's the way out. I think they would do a, a Torricelli deal on that. Yeah, you know, this, I'm referring to the New Jersey senator who was convicted on uh, crimes and managed to find his way off a ballot in October of uh, 2002 uh, in favor of a former senator and then new Senator Frank Lautenberg. They just changed the names on the ballot and went forward. They managed to fix the glitch. They fixed the glitch. Yeah. But my guess is, is like they'd be fixing glitches. Yeah. If there was anything other than the current situation that they have now. Um. All right, so this is this is a bad news story for for DeSantis. Hmm. We've seen this work through a little bit 
Um, but it's it's a little bit more pointed. This is from Politico. Former Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner was among Ron DeSantis' biggest boosters during his 2022 midterm, giving nearly $1 million to his reelection bid. But as he has surveyed the field of GOP candidates uh, for president, Rauner, a wealthy former private equity executive who was DeSantis' 15th biggest donor last year, uh, has not given any more money to the Florida governor. Rauner told Politico he thinks another candidate, Nikki Haley, uh, as a better shot of defeating President Joe Biden than DeSantis. Of the 50 donors who gave at least $160,000 in the years leading up to 2022 re-election, only 16, that's less than one-third, provided funds to a super PAC never backed down, which can receive unlimited contributions through the end of June. So here's my take on this. I think this says a lot more about Nikki Haley and her team than it does about Ron DeSantis. Because boy, Betsy's really going to send you a thank you. Round, well, today. This but is... the, the the truth of the matter is, Rauner has been around for a very long time, and he he has seen things come and he's seen things go, and and I just uh, I, I think I'll just leave it at that. I think it says a lot more about Haley's team than it does about DeSantis. There are still a lot of very rich people who like Ronnie D and who are backing Ronnie D. Also, and also, I think that it's I think that it's really smart of Nikki's team to seize on this opportunity. I don't want to discount that. I just have to point out that this is the easiest story to get written in Republican politics right now. Oh, Ron sure. DeSantis process story. We're going to have another one of these. Reporters love writing this. I mean, shit. this is the biggest problem that the campaign has had thus right. far. DeSantis has like three or four really good days in a row or last week, an incredible yeah. week of handling a hurricane, as you mentioned, MK. And I mean, governing ex- is a really second tier story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, oh, you can do the job well? Never mind. What's a super pack up to? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what Let's I mean? Let's get into that. Yeah. But but that's, don't you think, I mean, it's always, it's been a process story since three months before he got into the race. It has. And also, as we said about Trump earlier, you have to anticipate that this is the media you're going to war with. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't get to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something that DeSantis in his capacity as governor, particularly during COVID, was very good at recognizing. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what hardballs were coming his way. I, it makes it a little tricky that this is the super PAC, right? Yeah. And the buck still stops with him, but they are separate. Right? They, all, it's they, a also, bit of a... they also have a ton of targets on their own yes, back. True. I mean, that's the thing. Like Typically, you get a super PAC that is operating separately with the name of the candidate on the back of it, and everybody's shooting at them as they shoot at the candidate. This feels different. It feels like you have people who actually even support Ron DeSantis as shooting at the Super PAC. I, I mean, look, the only antidote for this sort of media is winning, is That's right. good news. That's right. Right? Like, you got to stop the attrition in the polling. Uh, you got to spend some money in, away in Iowa or South Carolina. I know they're spending in South Carolina now as well, the DeSantis campaign. Until those poll numbers change you can't it's harder to swat this stuff down and say this is noise well it's it's impossible Mm -hmm. to swat this stuff down michael because here's the thing we talk about this ad nauseum on the program if you want to know what democrats want if you want to know what democrats are thinking open a newspaper they will tell you because they're (laughs) writing the stories yeah and so anytime you read a story in one of these you should just read it as an interpretation of this is exactly what Democrats would send out in a press release if they actually had to send a press release and didn't just have it laundered through the media. It's like Ron, such a great gig. Ron Klain's yeah, got the is. pen, right? I mean, it's basically it. Easiest Santa's job in disarray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great headline. Stop the presses. Let's lead it. Let's throw it out there. Uh, you guys want some animal news? Absolutely. I feel like we need to break up all this seriousness with some animal news. Uh, this is according to the New York Post. A three-legged bear named Tripod. Oh, boy. Breaks into a Florida home and guzzles three white claws. It's a bit on the nose. Um, white, white claws for a bear. I mean, come on. It's gonna, they were at a bear claws? I've heard of the nickname Tripod. Yeah. Uh, oh, it, come on. Don't it, go there. Well, I'm just saying I, I have to see video evidence. Do we have video evidence of this particular bear? There it is. Oh, man. It does. Turn, it turns out it does just have three legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, you can't. You got to be sure. You gotta, yeah, yeah. We're journalists. Yeah. We're... Holy God. <laughs> Just wandering around this guy's house. And how, how do you operate a door with only one oh from Paul? Oh, look, he just opened the door. <laughs> He's about to take the beer. He's about to take the beer. He's just about to take the beer. Okay. Oh. All right. Clearly, Tripod. Uh, I don't know how he lost his leg. But uh, he's a beer fan, or he's at least a claw fan. He likes the seltzers. Look, bless his heart. He's putting in work. He's <laughs> opening the door. He might have been using the actual tab. I don't know. He seems very skilled. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking this is like cocaine bear, but instead of killing and maiming a bunch of people brutally, he's just taking off his top and sleeping with an ex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But you never know when you run into one of those people that could yeah. take a leg from you. Yeah. You know? Tri I mean, tri tripod's always down for a day party and some country music. <laughs> <laughs> so he drank the White Claws. Uh, he hung out. This was in uh, basically just outside of Orlando. Uh, the bears that we've been following for years. And Hank, the bear, has been controlling many of these in such instances. But this seems to me like... I mean, if we've got the animals coming in and drinking our beers, where, where do we draw the line? Well, animals? here's the thing. We've been following these through the news. MK has had a face-to-face -face encounter. You know, Hank sent somebody, even though he's on the inside now. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got a hitman. Yeah, he just... sent someone after me. Yeah. So what, what, what was the situation? Where well, were you? Well, I was hiking in the Smoky Mountains, guys. Mm. Oh, I was boy. like a good American. I took my children to Dollywood before school started. Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> and we did a hike. And my children started complaining about 10 minutes into the hike. And I was going to make it a 20-minute hike. But when they started complaining, I was like, we're going 2.6 miles up a mountain. Oh, and, um, nice. You want to work it out of them. You can't give in. No, yeah. at that point, you're going to. So we go through the fire. So we go up the mountain. And about a mile and a half in, uh, my friend who's with me and her, her kids in front of me stops. And I see her gesturing. And I look up. And sure enough, there's a black bear emerging from the woods. Whoa. Maybe eight to ten yards in front oh of me. Oh my god, I would that say. close? It was, it was close. I'm smokes. estimating. I have, a, I have a picture. It's very dramatic. <laughs> it's not that dramatic because actually I'm not millennial enough to pull out my phone while he's very visible. I waited till he was sort of gone. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did what I should do, uh, which is I put the uh, appetizers, and by that I mean the children in front of me. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, you can see it in the picture. They're just like... I'm just putting them out there. And, um, no, in, in reality, I just didn't want to panic them. So I was like, just stay where you are. Everything's fine. I'm putting them out there. <laughs> and he hung around for a minute, looked at us, sat down, ate some food, not us, not any of the children, and then moved along with his day. And uh, 
I think it was an attempt to keep me from being at the Milwaukee Ruthless Live show. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but I was undaunted. <laughs> so I made it and I passed through. He thought I was too dangerous. Yeah, so. no, he didn't want to tangle mm-mm, with you. Mm-mm. He knew. He I, knows I listened to Christie's strategies for fighting bears and he and you guys. Yeah. We try to provide guidance on this sort of thing. And, but it turns out whatever strategy you had, it, it worked. Did you well, try to make yourself big? No, I just stood still and, and acted very confident so that the yeah. children did not get scared. You didn't shout? You I didn't was throw like, rocks? This or is anything? fine. Yeah? <laughs> wow. This is fine. That thing takes one step towards you, though. What are you doing? Well, I did have a plan for getting in front of the children should the bear signal that he was coming our way. Well, I was like, well, I'll, I'll take bear. one for the team. But. Until then, since they're up front. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to actually take on the bear. It should be noted for the children in future years yes. that you were you were yes. you were prepared. Should to. it come to that? <laughs> I was proud of my friend uh, and me because apparently we were so chill that the kids were completely unfazed. Mm. So mm. they'll be ready to fight all sorts of bears. They seemed a little too unfazed. Did they actually see? Like, did they know? Oh yes. So they uh, they observed the danger. It was very clear that he was crossing. But they were like, no, "Mom's not a, freaking out." He's a black bear. He's not as aggressive as a grizzly bear. If it had mm-hmm. been a grizzly bear, I would have been much more scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you should have sitting here. Yeah, right. A grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wow. Think, you don't think I can look hard enough for a grizzly? Bear? <laughs> <laughs> did you? What professional tank top did you have? Did you have the ruthless oh, variety uh, program? That is a good question. I might have. If you did, we'll have to check the pick. Well, now <laughs> well, you know what? Now I think we know why that bear turned and ran. You right. know what? I think we have an idea. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He heard about the monkeys in the monkey pool and all the rest <laughs> and didn't want a part of it. Uh, before we get to their next story, have you guys heard this? So there's an escape prisoner in Pennsylvania. No. So there's a, there's a, a, like a maximum security prison that is like, I don't know, three miles away from where my mother-in-law lives mm-hmm. uh, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Chester County area. And it's it's basically to hold, it's not like your hardened criminals, but th- mm-hmm. they have hardened criminals in there before they transfer after conviction to like yeah. real serious stuff. A guy escaped there, this Danello Souza Cavalcante. Okay, I thought you were going to say Jalen Carter. Yeah, it was definitely not <laughs> Jalen Carter. Um, he, so this is, this is an individual, he's like a, a young guy who's from Brazil. Who was wanted in murder uh, for murder in Brazil came to the United States, of course, like uh, you know all murderers. Right, uh, let him right in. Yeah, yeah. So come on in, enjoy your time here. Uh, it turns out he murdered his girlfriend in the process. Wow, I'm Ooh. shocked. So, but he got Jeez. the long arm of the law on that one. They found him and tried him and convicted him and put him in this prison. Well, he escaped. He escaped this prison, and like immediately, it's like prison escape. You know, it's just kind of like. It's, it looks rural, but it's not rural. Mm. It's close to, to suburban area, but it's horse farms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, But it's a, you know, I mean, it's the kind of community you want to live in. It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. And he wants to live there, too. So, yeah. And who are we to say right. that that is bad? <laughs> right. So last Thursday, this dude gets out. And so they immediately, you know, they're looking for him or whatever. Well, they find like three or four times over the weekend, he shows up on people's like ring cams, just walking around within a mile of this prison. 
Hmm. Like literally within a mile. So it's like four days out and a dude hasn't made it a mile down the road, but he's just like haunting the neighborhood. Well, I thought hmm. we had like bloodhounds for this. This is what I'm talking about. Like something's going on. The animals here. have abandoned us. Something is happening. That's what's going on. There's this great. We talked too much junk and now yeah. the dogs won't search. <laughs> <laughs> There's this great park and these gardens and stuff. And he's like on the ring cams. He's broken he's in. picnicking. He's got yeah. a blanket out. He's gone. In, he went into one person's house. And the person heard him in the house and like flicked their lights on and off and he flicked them back from the basement on and off. And then he grabbed some apples and bananas and packed his backpack and strolled slowly out the front door. has this guy not not seen Shawshank Redemption? Learned anything? Like from you got to go to the beach. You, you got to go to Fort Hancock, Texas. <laughs> There's, There's one place underneath the tree. It's a, under a rock that doesn't look like it has any business being in Fort Hancock. I think Texas. he knows that a true crime podcast is his greatest shot for <laughs> eternal fame. Oh, yeah. you think he'll do his own podcast? He's just out there making it known that he's on adventures. <laughs> and if any middle-aged white lady would like to start a podcast about that they can <laughs> i'm actually thinking about it, it would be <laughs> so mr Cavalcante, if you're interested so but here's what got me right so it's not enough that it's been six days and he's no more than a mile from the prison and somehow they can't run this guy down like do we not have helicopters with like heat seeking shit anymore yeah, I thought we did. I thought we did. But this can, should concern everyone. But this is like not a possibility because he's like really roaming around. Anyway, they go to the, the description of this dude. Mm -hmm. He's five feet tall, 120 pounds. Wow. This cat isn't going to fit in anywhere. A five footer, five foot. I mean, El Pequeño, right? I mean, we're talking about... <laughs> We're talking about an extraordinarily small individual. Yeah. I could never fight in that weight class, just to be <laughs> clear. Couldn't get to it. I, I can understand how he escaped from the prison. Did he just slide right through the bars? <laughs> he just, he got under his bed. Nobody knew he was there. They opened the gate and there he goes. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, five feet tall. If that dude shows up anywhere in the light of day, you're like, well, that's him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Like, in, unless you're here for the carnival, like yeah. that's it. He's <laughs> sticking out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Again, I don't want to denigrate anyone who's working on this, but I am here for the basic functions of government. <laughs> yeah, functioning, and it does seem like this guy. We could, we could nail him. We. It seems like this is not the hardest person. I mean, look, he can get into tight spaces, no question about yeah. that. So maybe that's a, a net advantage. And there's plenty of places to roam around, but like, he in six days, he hasn't gotten more than a mile and a half from the prison? Where is one of those Chinese spy balloons when you need it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's get the Chinese on this. But is this really the best we can do? Uh, it's crazy. It's wild. That's crazy. I mean, my, my so my mother-in-law is telling me that the community is basically terrorized. They've shut schools down this entire week. Well, there's a lot of guns in Pennsylvania. I know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like if this guy shows up, at, like somebody's just waiting. Yeah, he flicks on the wrong lights. He's going to get some hot lead. Don't you think this is one of those things that Duncan, we've talked about before, because Duncan's like a, a, a very heavily armed and well-prepared individual where he's always like in the recesses of his mind. It's like... If somebody tried to break into his house, he's like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> that, that light flicking, I do not like it. Yeah. I do not like it, and I yeah. think that response would be correct. Yeah. Well, just start firing. If, if, if he was smart, he'd head for Penn National or maybe Harris Racetrack, <laughs> and he could fit right in with the rest of the jockeys. The jockeys? Yeah. Mm. 
that is yeah. something I hadn't thought of. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably what he should do. So Penn National, yeah. Yeah, if you can't get out of town, that's probably the place mm-hmm. to go. With him not out of town, by the way, th- this is a screw-loose situation in a right? real way. Like, there's no self-preservation here. A mile yeah, and a half? makes it a little scarier. But I think he also probably recognizes what you pointed out there. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, you can't just go to the side of the road and be like, hey, pick up this hitchhiker. Like, everybody's going to be looking for this guy. <laughs> You know, so he's like, I'm gonna hang out in Longwood Gardens for the next thirty I, years. Look, he doesn't have a lot of body mass. He doesn't need a high caloric intake to survive. All right, so you want to hear about the latest Biden catastrophe? Absolutely. So uh, he was blasted for walking out before the end of a Medal of Honor ceremony. Uh, this is according to the New York Post. President Biden was accused of being disrespectful after he quickly exited the East Room of the White House before the conclusion of the Medal of Honor ceremony honoring a Vietnam War veteran on Tuesday. Biden, 80, abruptly left the ceremony after uh, fastening the nation's highest military decoration around the neck of Army Captain Larry Taylor, 81, uh, before closing benediction was read by the chaplain. Um... I mean, what do we think about that? I can't even make jokes, man. I mean, is, the, look, this is not a perception problem. It, it's not the appearance of disrespect. It is disrespectful. Actual disrespect. It is disrespectful. He he beelines it out of this room. Mm-hmm. There is an actual hero of his own generation right. who fought in a war that Biden did not, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and how many Medal of Honor recipients do you have per presidency, maybe a handful. Mm -hmm. People from the Vietnam era era didn't get a ton that weren't posthumous. So you have this rare opportunity to give a medal to a man who risked his life many times over Mm -hmm. to save his fellow men in arms. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm done before the prayer. Yeah. What? It's it, it I mean it's unbelievable. It's a very special event and most Americans would give anything just to go and just honor this person who gave so much so that they can actually go and watch. And I mean Joe this, Biden walks out at the end. I can't believe it. But for even just basic events at the White House, you've seen these photos where they zoom in on the cards he's holding. Like this guy needs stage direction for very simple things. You know, like <laughs> He, he might have just not known the program. Do you want to know what the press secretary's excuse was? Because Corinne Jean-Pierre. Did, yes. he, did he have to take a big poop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I've seen my four, four-year-old dead sprint with pants below his ankles almost fall over himself. I feel like in this is situation. being put on the four year old unfairly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be autobiographical. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Um, her excuse mm-hmm. was to minimize contact with the attendees after First Lady Jill Biden tested positive for COVID. Oh. You just stood and. Right. Put a medal on his neck. On an 81-year-old man? If your concern was about COVID, you have two 80-year-olds dealing with, like, touching each other. What? And the media is just like, hmm, well, it sounds like a good excuse to not, me. Not concerned enough about bestowing a medal with his hands around the neck of an elderly man. Right. But very concerned about the contact with the man's family outside of that well and here's the other thing is that he repeatedly lies 
about the death of his son, who yeah. served honorably, and I want to honor that, but it is different than being killed in combat, which is what he implies every time he says that Bo Biden died in Iraq. He did not die in Iraq, and Gold Star families are frankly mostly too classy and quiet to yeah. say much about this mm -hmm. because they don't want to politicize yeah. the gold star experience but i'm not too classy <laughs> and that is trash and he shouldn't say it i love it thank you for mentioning it i mean we've, we've brought it up on the program before but it really needs to be ironed in i mean there are several things that this president has done throughout the course of his personal life and it's less about his political life to be honest as objectionable as all of that shit is his personal life when you're not recognizing a granddaughter for months for political purposes and then you were in a situation where you're mischaracterizing the death of your own son to make it sound like he died in combat in iraq when in fact that was not the case like i, I mean he, he he mischaracterized the death of his wife when he accused the the guy who was in the car accident of being, of being a, drunk, a drunk. drunk yeah he and, so and, and, wrong. and and said it for like decades and even when he knew it was wrong, never publicly apologized. This is Grandpa Joe, the guy who everybody says has a heart of gold. Yeah. Bad person. It's objectively not, a bad person. That is bad stuff. You yeah. don't do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've got one bit of polling here that I want to get to. And this was conducted by McLaughlin and Associates for American uh, Commitment. Am I right about that, uh, Wolf? American Commitment? Commitment to Seniors. Commitment, American commitment to seniors. I'm glad you corrected me. Thank you. Um, so this outfit is, it, they obviously are concerned about uh, seniors, senior population because of like AARP and everything else is basically a left-wing organization characterizing what it is that seniors care about. And we have thought, you know, long and hard on this program about how Joe Biden is, you know, sort of emblematic of a senior community and the critiques upon him, like whether or not there's any sort of like circle the wagons around Joe Biden. Well, it turns out that's not the case. And in large part because of some of the policy stuff, which I find fascinating. So um, this is about the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's so funny to me. They, they have 80% of seniors view the Inflation Reduction Act as a failure. 80%. 80%, guys. Like, can, is there 80% of anything that people agree on? Not even in puppies. In this country? Not even puppies. I mean, there's literally nothing. No. So, like, whatever this administration thinks it's gaining by, you know, the mischaracterization of being, you know, sort of like pro-entitlement state or just the fact that they've got an 80-year-old president, they're losing on just their policy alone. Mm -hmm. Which I find fascinating because, I mean, look, it, it shows a different level to the electorate in this particular segment that people are paying attention to this kind of shit. Well, and I also think seniors, perhaps on a fixed income, many of them understand that money is real and you can't just do the Inflation Reduction Act right. misnamed <laughs> you can't and pump $9 trillion into the economy and like everything will be fine. It won't be fine if you look at your grocery bill. Yeah, my, not. my favorite part was like a year later when they came, came out and they were like, oh, you know what? I think we kind of goofed on the name of that thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we lied to you. Or Manchin was huh. like, oh, man, I can't believe this was Green New Deal. Life. Yeah. That's not what I voted for. It's <laughs> so like you strange. wrote it, dumbass. <laughs> I mean, the worst. But it turns out nobody's buying it. And if you look through, you know, the one thing that we've been pretty particularly critical, it's a generational critique is Michael as often pointed out, is that they 
uh, are very dissatisfied with the idea that any sort of Medicare savings goes to unrelated spending, in this case, uh, Green New Deal light. Yeah. And that is something that people have seized upon. I mean, I can understand that you would think if you're a senior, like, if we're going to save money out of Medicare, like, maybe it should go to, like, saving things like Medicare. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> No, it's going to uh, quell the neuroses uh, of the millennials and Gen Z. Uh, important. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe some student loans. You know. <laughs> All right, two quick stories we got to get to because these ones are the. This is where the candy part of the program comes. Yeah. Uh, this one's brand new to me, so I'm learning as you learn. Seventy foot yacht carrying guns, drugs, and prostitutes mm. discovered in Nantucket Harbor. Hmm. How about that? Uh, that sounds like a good time. On the on the anniversary, or well, not the anniversary, marking Jimmy Buffett's death. Yeah, well, I mean, are you accusing Jimmy Buffett? Of- no, I'm just saying it's a ter- it was a terrible moment, and then here you have this terrible moment happening in New York, Sag Harbor, which is where his home was, and then not far from there is in Nantucket, where you have drugs, prostitutes, and guns. Oh, on you a think yacht. It, maybe it was a party to honor him? I think it could so. Have it was been. maybe a bad thing that's now redeemed by a good thing. Unfortunately, they got caught. Mm. And uh, a yacht anchored in Nantucket Harbor was searched Tuesday by authorities, this is according to the New York Post, who found guns, drugs, and prostitutes aboard the lavish vessel, according to a report. The investigation into Jess Kahn, a 70-foot motor yacht registered in the Cayman Islands, has so far led to at least one arrest and the Nantucket, the Nantucket Current reported, shocking discovery in the harbor of the ritzy Massachusetts Island was made after a woman re- was removed from the yacht uh, for a wellness check on Tuesday morning. The harbor master said, "The harbor master's got a handle on these kind of things, as you guys know." Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out they had some suspicions. Yeah, about I mean, the prostitute yacht. The yacht is registered in the Cayman Islands. It's hanging out up there. There's prostitutes on it. Like on a serious note, like I, I'm gonna go ahead and say there's human trafficking going on here. Like maybe some oh, you of these think so? some of these women are on this boat against their will. You, you think that's not in good faith? Not in good faith. You interesting. Think, I don't think it was a happy party. Oh, interesting. That's what really? I'm saying. Um, you think the authorities are all over that? I'm just saying a wellness check, like a wellness check. Well, on somebody this didn't woman? do well for sure. Yeah. Huh. Somebody didn't do well. That's a okay, dark. Well, that's a dark party. That is a dark party. I didn't take it that way. I well, just sort of... you know, look, things happen when you have guns, drugs, and prostitutes on a boat, and you know, you know, this is in poor taste. Now that he's taken it to a dark place, but I do think <laughs> this boat needs a new name. Oh boy! And I believe in liberty, so yeah. I would suggest come back with a warrant. <laughs> but, wow but really if you're involved in all this the jess con no we need that's not the that's person's not name a, that's the yacht's name apparently it's the yet yeah no it should it should be maybe it should just be wellness check if you're running aground in florida and getting arrested in nantucket i need i need a better yeah you know what it's it's actually a creativity problem yeah. That's what they're being arrested for here. <laughs> <laughs> they were simply offended by the lack of creativity in naming their 70-foot boat. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if they would have just named it after the walk-off song that we have in all of our live shows, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, they'd have been all, shit, all set. Yeah. You need the lawyers. You need the lawyers. You're going to have everything else. The guns and money, you in this case, lawyers. prostitutes and drugs. But not Donald Trump's lawyers. Not those ones. Many people are saying well, they're, they're not the best sometimes. So sometimes. they are battle They sure tested. get paid a lot. Yeah. They do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they sure are. <laughs> and a statement of the obvious. Uh, all right, so this is the last one. And fellas, 
Like, I kind of wish Smug was here for this because I think he'd have a real hot take. He would. But it turns out that there's an airline, a Delta uh, flight, an international flight, that was redirected. And the reason it was redirected is because they had a biohazard incident where a Delta passenger couldn't contain their explosive diarrhea. Um, okay, we've all been on airplanes. This is an international flight that was like an hour in. Mm. It was going uh, to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And before it even left the shores of the United States, uh, this thing had to come back to Atlanta and land because somebody shat all over the uh, main cabin. Yeah, described as a biohazard, it was through the entire aisle, I think. Uh, Wolf, we got a clip of that, right? Oh, my God, we've got a clip. We're... Oh, yeah. It oh, looks my God. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, no. 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 Wait, did they have their pants off? Holy cats. It's still going? I think this is a loop. No. Oh, my gosh. Kill it. We're stuck forever. No. No, stop playing it. Stop. No more. No more. No more. I think he was trying to torture us with that. Oh, I've got so many questions. All through the aisle. Well, I did a little bit of investigating here because I wanted (laughs) to know, as one does, because you know I'm particular about eating before I board airplanes. Yes. I'm not a fan of it. Right. Um, Michael's particular. I just in general. And in this case, I think he's right. But you know, especially when you're going to board an international flight, uh, the international terminal for Delta at the Atlanta airport um, has a restaurant that I think can lead to this sort of thing. Oh my gosh! So you actually are going to you're going to uh, make allegations here on the program? Yeah, Arby's. I think Arby's. Oh wait, what? Wait, what? Come on! You're yeah. kidding. Me. I, think, I thought you were going to say something really? unique to Atlanta. No, you... I think a beef and cheddar. You, oh. I think that is what did this. You can't just eat one of those and then sit on an airplane. That is dangerous. That is something far different than we have seen anywhere. That an Arby's cannot possibly. You really I, think that's it? I also thought he was going to go a different direction, and so I'm going to go that direction. Do it. There's also a varsity. Oh. And let me tell you. I'm not particular about eating before I get on a flight. Stomach of steel. But I want to take partial blame for this because I have tweeted many times and put on Instagram that I am getting a delicious two chili dogs, O-rings, and a frosted orange before I get on a flight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And it is not for the inexperienced. And I have a feeling someone signed up for something they couldn't handle. We maybe had a novice here. Yeah. So I I just don't. When I put those up in the future, I will put a warning that you do not just try to bite this off. Right. This is a trained trained professional. Yes. Can I just- I've lived in Georgia for many years. Yeah. (laughs) I can handle this. Can I just point out the obvious? What we were looking at on that video was unmitigated poop Mm -hmm. all over the aisle stretching many yards up and down this particular airplane. Mm Mm-hmm. One of two things is is happening here. Either one, this person literally wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> or two, the amount, the sheer volume that we're talking about here had worked its way through the pant prior to them making a run for it to the front of the cabin. Well, I mean, have you seen some of these Zoomers now? They wear like the really wide jeans. It's basically like like clown pants. 
I mean, that's just a straight shot to the floor. So you're making you're making an allegation. You're about... telling me there was a Jinko funnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything comes full circle. Back to the Jinkos. Wait a second. Is that even positive? So you're saying it's just like a free? I mean, maybe a free sh like anything that's happening could, is happening. It could have been a situation. Okay, again, this is just conjecture, like the beef and cheddar. And I actually really liked the chicken salad sandwich they had at Plus, Arby's back in the day. Throw him a bone, but the, let me tell you, that person, the Arby's, they that person wasn't eating the, the chicken salad sandwich. <laughs> they were going for the beef and cheddar, which can work its way right through you. But it is possible that this person had one of the most unfortunate things happen to you on an airplane where you've got a ticking clock <laughs> and you've got 30 seconds and they got right to the door and they but had that's to... not right to the door we're talking mid aisle Hold on, let me finish it's an international flight there's I, there's generally like three sections of of toilets that they got to their section nothing but red lights Oh, no. It's full. Call an oh, audible. Got to run they to the back. And they only had 30 seconds. And they're getting ready to take those pants right down. And then it's like they got a sprint. And somewhere in that uh, cartoonish display outside of that oh, stall, God. they didn't get the pants back up. And it's like, oops-a-daisy, it's all on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I could picture, like, like a dumb and dumber situation here. Where there's an somebody laxative uh, situation that it wasn't on purpose, but that you know these things happen. It is possible. What I'm trying to imagine in my head, because surely nobody would do this sort of thing on purpose. No, right. So what I'm trying you just to made me think about that. Right. No, surely not. I don't. Okay. Not at the front end of a of an international trip. Sure, certainly not that. Uh, I mean, that's sociopathic beyond like serial killer level. If this person did that and literally shat all the way up the aisle and they had to turn the flight around to land it at its origin its point of origin back in atlanta so all of the people on this like i imagine there's hundreds of people on this flight ha can't go to barcelona they got to go back to atlanta the point where they call no joy on the continuing the flight yeah. deal what's that guy doing I, What's that guy doing? I think you got to put him in the jump seat and you got to close the curtain to hide his shame. I mean, what, what is think, he? Don't you close him in the bathroom? Ooh, maybe. Yeah, but then you might I guess run the risk of issue. having another secondary offense. Well, at least he'd be in the right location for it. No, but I mean, there may, could be other passengers. Maybe yeah. it's like an airplane situation where know. you've got m multiple things going on. I think you find him a diaper and you put him in the jump seat where, you know, one of the... Um, flight attendants usually sits. And, and as soon as you need a diaper, everyone's suddenly happy that there's a baby on the flight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But somebody, somebody who listens to this program, he was either on that flight or knows somebody who was on that flight. And I want to know what that eye contact looked like. I yeah. want to know, I when you saw... It's just the worst. When oh. you saw the person responsible for the biohazard... And you had another hour or 45 minutes to get back to Atlanta. That person was somewhere. Yeah. Somebody laid eyes on But him. MK brings up a really important point here. I hear from a lot of people who don't have kids how inconvenient it is that they have to fly with children. Hey, pal, we don't want to be there either. Okay? <laughs> okay? There's a grandparent somewhere that really wants us somewhere. So apologies, but we got a job to do. We got to be on the airplane with the kid. I have seen adults... On basically every flight I've ever been in on my life, B 
behave worse than my children who are, you know, four and 16 months. Well, this is. And and let me let me point this out. That's a lot of poop. (laughs) Way more than a four year old has. That was made by an adult human being on an airplane. So I don't want to hear literally your shit. That that is I feel like this is a very low bar to clear. Yeah. Please don't shit up and down the aisle. Hey, but that's how they treat the children. Like they're gonna do that. My yeah. children aren't doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair, fair point. I feel like Smug would have pushback on all of this. Oh but... no, that's why we're we're tag team in this one yeah. while he's gone. Yeah, that's right. Well, children on planes are a blessing. <laughs> Actually, I once I once got delayed so long that I ended up uh, bumped up to first class with two very small children, and I sat next to Tyrese Gibson mm-hmm. from ATL to LA, and. They had sat me in a different seat because I and it turned out it was his seat because I had just gotten assigned mine. They didn't know where to put me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, everyone's going to hate me already. So these two tiny children by myself and Tyrese Gibson uh, is asked to sit across the aisle from us instead of in his seat by the stewardess or by the flight attendant. And he says, that's fine. I'll sit next to these angels. They'll bless us the whole way. Uh, Oh, look at that. Wow. So points for Tyrese Gibson. What a a good guy. And that's why you should watch Fast and Furious. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the friendship. She's you know. got a very Forrest Gump thing going. I feel like she's kind of run into just about everybody in the world and has a story about it. That's them. great. I love it. MK, thank you so much for doing this. Of it's course. Always great. You're welcome anytime. Thank you so much. And if Smug doesn't come back from his overseas travel, uh, see, hey, you know, when open. he needs a break, I'm here. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> there you are. It's very non threatening. One uh, of the best. You got to listen to Getting Hammered. It is fantastic. And she always does good work. We love having her here. Mary Catherine Ham. Fellas, I think we did it. I think we did it. And like we've done previously, I think we have to go to Hollywood Hen. Another banger of an episode, folks. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. Stay ruthless. <laughs>